Welcome to the podcast Kenya. We are your hosts, Andy Davies, Clear Earnshaw and Leon Weche. We are here to discuss all things training, nutrition, health and mindset. We aim to share knowledge through our own experiences and by interviewing local and international experts in their field. Our goal is to provide education and empowerment. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 11 of the podcast. We're going to have a general catch up and we were just chatting about naps before we started and I think that's actually a really great topic. Um, and well, Annie and Leon saying they, they find it hard to nap. I'm saying pre-pregnancy. I'm not pre-pregnancy. Pregnancy Pregnant. naps are everything. <laughs> <laughs> and just, yeah, across different cultures, you know, how naps are viewed and I mean before I'd always be like oh I've got to fill in my time and do stuff taking naps is lazy you know you should be doing something but I think they definitely have their place I, I do too I think it's quite important yeah maximize your sleep however as I said before I love the idea of naps I love them yeah and I look back and see my dad yeah good memories of my dad napping and but the fact is, I just don't seem to have a time to have a nice, sort of, well, even on weekend. It's just you'd, my day is filled with stuff all it's the something. time. And it's like, if I'm not doing that thing, I'm doing another thing. You know, as I said, the only time I ever do get to nap is to have my pre-bed nap, pre-sleep <laughs> nap, which is where I'm just sort of waiting for the bathroom to be free and I might shut my eyes for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah that's, before I go to deep sleep. And that think, doesn't, yeah, imp- yeah, that doesn't impact your your sleep no. later, no. Like to be fair, when I was policing, when I was in the carriers doing the support group stuff, I would sit at the back. You earn your place in the van where you get to sit, and I was <laughs> able to sit right at the back of the van at one point, and that meant I could get some good sleep in until there was a call or something. Mm. Now, you have a the newer guys sit in the jump seat at the front. Then you move your way back in the van as you, you stay on the unit until you get into the sleeping chairs in the back. <laughs> they, were, they were good. Um, but reality is, like now, it's like, you know, gym, work, house stuff, driving car around. It's like, when do I get this magical time to nap? I would love it. I just don't have the time. I think naps are very important. I think within the UK, I think during the winter, mm. it's almost harder to nap because your hours of daylight mm. are shorter. I think that's what we were saying about warmer countries and countries with longer days. Like in Kenya, you could pretty much set your, you know, there's not much variance in sun up, sun down times. All similar sort of time. You know, um, so but in the UK, very long summer days and very short winter days. Yeah. And with that, when it comes to the winter, which it, like, it's all relatively long days now, is you've got to try and fit everything in that needs to be fitted in during daylight. Yeah. If you've got you know, stuff to do, it's going to need some daylight. You're just going to get on with it and do it. But do you have a summer, definite place, but you know, I end up filling it with like the gym. Yeah, things like you know, yeah, podcasts. Yeah, and I guess... yeah, you you got other 
I'm afraid to yeah, feel tired. And unless you feel like you need one, then I mean, you don't yeah. have to have one. But there's sometimes that. Yeah, I think if, you, if we do look at our, our, our parents, it's mainly dads. I don't, I don't remember my mum like ever. No, nothing. Same. I, I don't remember. My mum would fall asleep really early in the evening. Yeah, yeah. Or, and she still does to this day. But she's naps. always falls asleep <laughs> in the lounge yeah. over the evening, and you have to tell her, "Why don't you just go to bed?" Yes. Our, our excuse is she likes to stay downstairs for the dog, so he doesn't get upset. Oh, yeah. oh sweet. She doesn't get bed too early. Yeah. So she falls asleep on sofa. Oh, I understand. But that, I, yeah. I think sofa, sofa naps are the best. Oh, no. Because you just drift away and <laughs> and accept yeah, it. Yeah. And let, that's, that's, I think that's the only time I've ever had, you know, like good naps where sadly it was one of those had a night out Saturday. Then it's Sunday. You're still tired. And yeah, you just, yeah. You just drift away. I have I've had those naps where I always feel like a necessity nap because yeah. you've been out at night. The reality is that's not the good type of napping. Nope, <laughs> that's the that's thing. Because you didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. yeah. Like, the good type of napping is where you're getting a little bit of extra yeah, sleep. Yeah, almost planned. Like a, you yeah. know, every two to two thirty to forty-five years. That's and I guess that makes it easier because I know like I've always found it hard to fall asleep, but you can train yourself. Like if you did it every day, yeah. Um, you Keep can, your phone away. Yeah, don't yeah. scroll. And even yeah. if it's just, I think even if it's just a relaxing, you know, close yeah. your eyes, yeah, it's just... it's quite nice. Yeah, like at night time, I fall asleep. I can fall asleep quite quickly. I'm, yeah, at night, no. If problem. I tell myself I'm going to sleep now, I go to sleep. Yeah. Right. Um. But we tend to leave the TV on and have it on either we turn it off at some point or it's on an auto shut off anyway because you know it's a, wide noise. Itself, like, it's a bit of noise yeah yeah like that or she puts headphones in with some rain noise or something like that. yeah uh, now you get playlists on apple music yeah for sleep and... what she's got, mm. yeah. different types of rain yeah yeah it's um, <laughs> oh. but uh, like for me i've never had that problem i can fall asleep anyway um that's a gift I don't have, yeah, and even, I'm sure if I went into the lounge and said to myself, all right, you're going to have a nap now, if I could. It's just, what do I get rid of in my day if I've got to do? You know, that's, yeah. that's like how I see it at the moment. If I'm lacking in sleep at night, I would then prioritise the napping. That's yeah. the difference. Is yeah. At the moment, I'm getting enough sleep at night. I feel rested when I wake up. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've actually done a lot of work on my sleeping, breathing, because I've got a deviated mm. septum in the nose, so I started sleeping. I think I told you. You've got your bull yeah. ring. Yeah. yeah, I put I put in number um, uh, stents, like yeah. nasal stents, in with my sleep room. What I've started doing is dipping them in Vicks. Oh wow, that's and cool. That. <laughs> and I breathe so well. Yeah. And because I record, <laughs> I record my sleeping. Yeah. Uh, my snoring was like two, three hours a night. Mm. It's now down to 15 minutes max. And that's wow. normally like oh, nice. they've fallen out and I've pushed them back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. realise always that they've come out. I have a little gum shield thing in as well. Mm. Hmm. Wow. That's that's amazing. And um, yeah, got to go right down and it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, as long as I can keep them in, they're good. So. Um, so I'm very well rested. I feel way, you know, a lot more rested. You know, because I was even looking at sleep apnea machines. 
Mm. Yeah, I could just get surgery fixed for those. But, yeah. <laughs> um, the last, try to get last surgery for other things. The list is long. Yeah, we, <laughs> the list is long. Become so, a wish list. Just the Amazon any... wish list. While yeah. you're doing my knee, just uh, fix yeah. my. Well, I thought, Dave, you know, can have a look at my body so that way you're there. Yeah, and just, just do it all while you're there. We've got a few other bits and pieces. Have a look at those. Uh, but oh. no, so the reality, you know, is I'm well rested. So yeah. the nap doesn't take priority. Yeah. Yeah. Is, in your priority. case, clear being pregnant, yeah. I think actually napping is probably a, a priority. You know, you need to be well rested because it's a lot of effort. She's it's, not even calling the shots. It's <laughs> yeah, like, baby it's, starts it's, growing. It's like well, that's it, though. That's it. That's <laughs> the, yeah, for the rest of your life. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't change. <laughs> that doesn't change. Like, no, no. But but it's true because like the night I do sleep well, but it's not. You know, it's it's continuous shifting because you're yeah. uncomfortable so it's yeah I think if you are pregnant don't feel bad about napping like get it in and I mean I, I can it, I'm kind of like you like I have my time in the evening and I can easily I would easily sleep at seven I and I just listen mm. to a podcast and that just sends me off and I would absolutely I think sleep from seven <laughs> but yeah. we I think if I wanted to I could sleep from seven like, I've got more me like you know yeah and then you wake up a bit earlier which should be fine with me yeah. but it's yeah and I think you know if you're and as parents as well like young parent new parents not necessarily young um you know get you know get in (laughs) get in your naps as well um you know well as I say to clients it's like if you are not feeling rested with your sleep at night if you do have an opportunity to nap take it yeah because sleep you know as we've said before sleep from a fitness perspective is really important but from a health perspective it's even more important mm-hmm. i think a good night's sleep is more important than the actual food you consume yeah because if you you know I always say you know say if you ever do a, you know do your glucose testing after a bad night's sleep mm-hmm. you, you know, your blood sugar's high you know you're not dealing with blood glucose as well so it doesn't really matter what you eat if you're not sleeping properly you won't be you know utilizing nutrition properly anyway so sleep you know sleep is like neuro no priority combined with you know, what you're eating and drinking if you're eating well yeah and your sleep's off this is why one of my questions always with weekly check-ins is you know how's your sleep mm-hmm. you know and you know we can't life is never perfect you can never say you know, a lot of people have a lot of stresses so, you know, you can't expect people to always have a perfect... Yeah, perfect sleep every night. Yeah, well, you know, like, I'm pretty sure if you ask my daughter, as long as she sleeps on the weekend, it's probably about 11 hours. <laughs> right? And that'd be great, and it's good for a growing child. Yeah. But a lot of adults can't do that. They've got too much going on. So you say, if you can fit a nap in your day, have a nap. Yeah. Especially post-training. I imagine there's some great benefits for finishing training and going to that rest and rest and digest and having a nap. I know, eat the nap. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. No, Winning I... in life, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Sort of pro, the, pro the... bodybuilder life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, sleep sleep is just so important. I think just bringing the awareness to, to that, like focus on that first because, you know, so many people, you know, just dawdle around at night you know just putting off going to bed but not really doing anything where you could prioritize actually going to bed a bit earlier um Mm -hmm. 
And and I know if you work in an office, it's a bit hard to get a nap. There are some cool offices. Oh yeah, no. They have sleep pods and things, the, but it's yeah, I don't know. With the Google's uh, and Spotify, HP, yeah. HP sleep pods. Oh, magic! Yeah, all good office. But, it was yeah. that. but if you think, uh, you know, cool. yeah, we we're just saying. I think we we're talking about it with Clear, and you're like, if you have like a sleep pod, you know, and you've had a productive morning, you're tired, and then just get a nap. There's and maybe even have a gym in the offices. There's you you'll, you just happen to be more productive. Where is this magical place? No, no, like oh, you know, Google. HP. This, uh, <laughs> there, it was a you know, it was next door again. It was Washington, Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. They had a massive gym on the complex. Yeah, they yeah. had sleep pods, uh, tennis courts. We have tennis courts that like. I remember going to a Barcelona office. There's tennis courts there as well. Sports hall and stuff so people could do five side football and things like that. Yeah, the only the only thing wow. is you just have to be careful not to you, you, you can end up being at work for long. Well, that's than... that's what we want. <laughs> yeah, so this is the trick it's, here. It's a cycle. The trick here is to keep you in the office. So you yeah. go, oh, I've, hang on, I'm just gonna go back and do something. Yeah, because yeah, you're already you you you're you're happy. I'd say you're enjoying work because you get enough rest, your naps, and your training. I guess. Nutrition's good. You find you're in the office uh, 16 hours a day. <laughs> well, tech, the yeah. tech industry is very good for that. They're yeah. very good at making you think you want to be there. Like, you know, a big, you know, a big Google campus, for instance, has everything. Oh, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's even, I know, like, with a Facebook campus in America, they're building housing. Okay. Wow. So we're going to have, like, you yeah, know, what's going to be relatively to affordable work. housing for staff. Yeah. But we said, yeah, it's great to see it. Like, I go, oh, yeah, they're giving you great housing. There's, like, shops, there's all sorts. I can walk to work. But also, well, you're in the campus at work. (laughs) So the point is, you never leave work. Yeah, your home home is at work. You're just there in work. And if there's another lockdown or something, I say, well, we can, you know, bubble off work. Yeah, I guess now that that means you have to be... Uh, individually, you have to learn how to, you know, log off and log on when. Well, man, that's the point, yeah. is it? Because that, and it's harder when you're in somewhere like that because they'll be like, you know, because it's not like now I can't, I can't get to the office. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh no, I can see you. Yeah, <laughs> you're right there. Yeah. <laughs> I can see you playing a game of tennis. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I saw you I'm playing tennis your this morning. I'm outside your window. Come <laughs> yeah. to the office. It's like, but. Yeah. And as I say, the tech industry is very good at making people feel like they want to be there with all the, the gadgets, but actually, essentially, trapping people in an office. Yeah, so, that's essentially it, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. like you are at work twenty four seven. Yeah, because you may not realise it. If you're not going on holiday somewhere far away, you're you're still working. <laughs> Pretty yeah, you're much. You're within the workplace. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. People you see around you, your work colleagues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can become friends as well. But invariably, whenever you meet someone who you work with, you end up talking about work. You do. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, as friendly as you can be and don't want to talk about work, you always end up talking Get about work. Get back there. Yeah. Even, yeah, at the beginning, you're like, let's not talk about work. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but. As we say, deviating from that, but they realised in the tech industry, well-rested employees produce mm. best outcomes. So having nap pods mean you go on nap during the day, your hours don't change. You just yeah, 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 yeah. You're allowed to sleep, and then you work up the hours after. But they're knowing that 
yeah, these guys are well rested. They still do the same amount of hours. Yeah. You're being is, more is there, productive. Is there anywhere mm. like that here? Yeah, Probably. the Google offices. Oh, they have, they have yeah, pods? Yeah, okay. there's a few offices here with uh, their pods. and Well, like Andy said, a lot of the tech, IBMs. Yeah. Yeah, the IBM. tech offices are like cool. The tech, the tech businesses, isn't yeah. they? The ones we, even the one we went to the other day. Oh yeah, it yeah, was, they it was just It was just nice. It wasn't your typical office setup, and you know, it's I think it's it's. Yeah, hopefully it's something that might catch on a bit more. Yeah. Or just the office. If, if the you office I go to in Brighton yeah. has like they've moved off. They got a new office. The client agency. Yeah. We go there and it's. They have a rest, uh, a rest and relaxation room, a reflection room. Oh, wow. There's prayer rooms. Mm. Yeah. With ablutions. So there's always rooms, there's just not enough desk space. Yeah. So everyone yeah. at the same time, it's like, you can't get a desk. This was, this was <laughs> like, just a, you know. this one was a nice house and just young guys, there was a foosball table. It just seemed, seemed like, you know, a nice, enjoyable place to kind of work, to did, yeah. You didn't go in yeah. and feel like you're in an office where guys are constantly but you have, stressed. Because we were like, you know, <laughs> just t- telling them about, you know, try and get up every hour. And yeah. I think a lot of offices frown on that. If like, you leave your chair, yeah, yeah. Um, which is stupid. <laughs> but, but I think like, you know, I know guys aren't working for the moment. Their, you know, their view is every, every hour you should have 10 minutes away from the desk. That's great. That's good. And they have like mass up masseuses come in and stuff, I and mean, that's mm. working, you know, government. Wow, um, that's, that's so nice. yeah, everyone's getting yeah. on board with that. I remember being in Kenya working, uh, you know, when I was working at uh, Newport Oil, Salam Fakira, Newport. We got a soda fridge. What? Okay. <laughs> just a fridge. And that was a big thing. It was a fridge full of free soda. Oh. Oh. So you can just help yourself to. Diet Cokes, Cokes, whatever. Uh-huh. And that's where I started upping my Diet Coke because people would take smoke breaks and at times it was quite stressful work. Yeah. And I was like, well, we're getting a break every few minutes to go smoke. Every, uh, I'm going to have a, like a Diet Coke break. So I'm going to go for a smoke, I'm going to go for a Diet Coke. That's how it works. Seven Diet Cokes a day. Uh, I was, honestly. It was, it was crazy. It's like, yeah. Yeah, just watch her go for a smoke, go, yeah. bastards. Smoke, get away from the desk. I'm going. Oh, man. So I think, before we move on, that would be two good tips, you know, take naps if you can, and again, like, do your, your movement every hour. I think, you know, such a great place to start on your health and fitness journey without even changing anything else. Like Andy said, work on that sleep first, because so also, many underestimate There's a third part to that, is work at a place that causes you the least stress. Because oh, if I'm you're going to be working, if you're going to be working, work yeah but you don't you don't have to work at a place that causes you so much stress it takes over your life there's true, plenty true. of offices and we, we're talking about tech industry about trapping people in but at least they're probably more enjoyable places to work mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah. No, yeah. I agree. especially at certain levels you know imagine when you get high it's still stressful but fact is if your employer is treating you like the you don't get any of these perks we've talked about and yeah, and we all know it. Like bosses that phone you up every hour, day, night. Yeah, no, no, no respect, don't respect for time. We don't respect holiday. Yeah. Don't respect you know your, your time. Look for a different place to work because there is lots of decent places in the world now that offer good employee welfare. Yeah, true, true, true. 
Yeah, and it's all set up for productivity, but the fact is you might as well work in a place that puts, puts your welfare first, even if it's for your own benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I guess, yeah, you end up being in a good mental space, you end yeah. up looking forward to work, you know, you're just in a, in a nice, restful mental space and you're able to produce more. But it's just sad how people stay in stressful jobs. They just feel like they don't know how to get out. I think there's a lot of mentality from, say, my parents' generation and parental generation where you get employment at a good job, a big employer, and you stay there for your whole career. Yeah, Yeah, tough it out. (laughs) And a lot of people get caught in that mindset still. But the reality is the world's changing. People don't do these long careers at one place anymore. We move around and, and prioritise welfare and you know, where there's flexible working or whatever it may be to improve your stress levels and your mm-hmm. balance, home life balance, which is the important thing. Yeah. You know, you don't have to stay at one employer. You know, gone are the days where people look at CVs and say, yeah, oh, true, true. You moved around every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this, yeah, that, that's not, no one wants to move. And when someone actually looks at CV where we say, you know, we've moved every year, we're not looking at the employer, the employee going, oh, you moved every year. We go, oh, these companies have must have been terrible to work for. You have to keep leaving. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't hold on to you. We couldn't retain employees. And that's where we're at in, you know, more corporate world is like, you know, you don't have to stay somewhere where it causes you so much stress. Move around. Oh, yeah, I think that's such like a good one. Because yeah. so many, you know, clients... In the check-in, it's like, oh, work is so stressful. Like, every single check-in. Like, at some point, it'd be like, have you ever thought about leaving your job? Yeah, like, right. okay, maybe you're getting paid a ton, but is yeah, it enjoy. worth the toll on your health? <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, it's easy to get trapped in because of money. Yeah. Thinking, that's good. But there are still people willing to pay you the same, but with a better work-life balance. Yeah. Or, or you, you just ex- have to yeah. find it. Or you accept that you'll just be, yeah. you know, like like with yeah. us, you know, being on like face to face personal training is more lucrative. But you know, the, if you're doing, you know, four four a.m. till you know ten p.m., what is what kind of life is that? It's all those and sitting in traffic. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's you know it's really making you know just 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 finding that line like yeah where you can make enough for what you want need in your life, but still you know, prioritize your health. And there's, to me, there's nothing worse than someone who's always complaining about their job and they never do anything about it. Like, I'm like, okay, fine, you can complain to me, but if you're not going to, you know, change something, then you can stop well, now. The thing is like, I look at, yeah, you know, again, look at like a parent's generation. Like I look at a lot of people from my dad's age worked doing quite menial basic jobs but content with their life they, you know mm. they pay their mortgage they go work in a factory or whatever they do they work up through things so but they're quite content the problem is now everyone's got this sort of you, you must succeed you yeah. must have yeah. a, a side hustle you must do this yeah you must do yeah. that and yeah you know, for a lot of people that's probably quite wearing it is <laughs> yeah you know, and, and I'm, I'm against the idea of always people turning their hobby into mm-hmm. a money-making venture. You don't need to. Have a hobby to get yourself 
reduce stress. Yeah. Agree like, with like, that. Like your place so to true. go and uh, enjoy being creative, if you can call it, and just yeah. just deload. This is like, nice. Like for me, the whole coaching and training, I actually find it super enjoyable. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not overly worried how many clients I have. Like, you know, I go, I have a maximum number rather than a minimum number. Mm. I'm just coaching one person, I'm happy enough. If I'm coaching 10, you know, that's probably currently where my limit is. Um, and I'm okay with that because I actually enjoy that. That's like a, my passion. Yeah. Day to day, you know, I'm training and I love training. And I always say this to people. They go, oh, I want to lose weight, I want to do this, I want to do that. And they just moan about having to get into the gym. And you're like, yeah. you don't have to do it. I've said, look, yeah. Davis all the time, say, you've got to enjoy the training. Otherwise, there's better ways of doing it. Yeah. Like doing yeah. life. It's, yeah, you don't have to worry about size. Don't have to worry. Just be healthy. Eat well. Mm-hmm. Do Get your heart racing a few times a week. Yeah, true, But true. you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to do this. Norm is forcing you. To, to do this you're forcing yourself um, you know, under guys that you think you need to go to gym and only eat chicken <laughs> and rice fact yeah. is you don't yeah. you yeah. just don't and find something that you enjoy doing there's lots of activities that people will enjoy if it isn't going to the gym and yeah. you're okay with that you know go find that activity yeah and do it true, yeah, true, no, true. hustle culture is is very toxic and it, it is so true how everyone wants to turn their, their hobby into making money. And that it's was COVID's fault. Just, like, yeah. A lot of you know, people coming out and saying, oh, you're still at home, turn your hobby into a money thing. Yeah. It's like, well, do I have to? You know, can I not just do it for that? Just do it. I, I know with fun. rugby, when I started getting paid to play rugby, it was the worst thing. It, it just, your love of the game just goes because it becomes a little, a little job. Yeah. You know you get win bonus, so you're trying to chase things in a game. You're not necessarily mm. playing your best rugby because you're trying to force things. Yeah. And, it, and it becomes a lot less enjoyable. Yeah. Unlike when you were playing with your mates when you're younger and there's nothing really at stake. You're just enjoying winning and playing and, and being free. You know, and that's the thing, and I say this all the time. Hobbies should just be there. We we all need an outlet for stress that isn't job related, that, that we don't have livelihoods based around. And I always say this to, to people as well, that, you know, especially people involved in bodybuilding. Don't make bodybuilding your only hobby because it's a <laughs> three hundred and sixty five days a year, twenty four hours a day thing and it it drain you. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got to fit everything round it instead of the other way. So find another outlet that actually, because that can cause a lot of stress, mm-hmm. especially when you're in things like prep and all you're focused on is that it's important to have another outlet, another hobby, be it, I don't know, like, you know, going dancing, you know, going to dance lessons or something, which is still activity, but you can factor into your activity, but. It's fun. You're doing it with friends. You're doing it with whoever. Yeah. You know, I say it's some some clients. So what do you like? Because you know, there's loads of people who go. Do shit. Oh, okay. And you start talking to them. And go. So what, what hobbies do you do? What do you do outside of this? You know, oh, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, it is. But when you're in prep for a show, it's it's more than the hobby. Yeah. It takes over. So you've got to find another outlet. But you know. It's- it makes it's it's another big question. Can 
I guess training can be a hobby, but can like bodybuilding and, you know, if you're competing and say you're a CrossFit athlete or you want to become a marathon runner, can that really be a hobby? Because that, well, that that's takes a, work. Well, that's the thing. It's like, depends. Yeah. You know, it, kinda... it depends. It can be for the right people yeah. who are quite reticent there. I think it's harder for the people that work in the gym cult yes, yes. because they're at the gym, they're training. Someone say who works in the corporate world, it's, a, it's, it's quite far removed from the day-to-day work thing. Mm. But again, as you say, you, know, you still need other outlets. You know, go to, go to a cinema, go to a film occasionally because you know it's like you know prep for the last few weeks. Your wheels are spinning and you get in your own head. You know, and it's easy to get caught up, and you know, and it is a very high, you know, a lot of pressure with it, even if you're just an amateur yeah. bodybuilder, because you don't want to look stupid on stage. You know, that's basically what boils down to. And you look at Instagram, you look at everything else, and there's a lot of pressure. So you do need something, I think, to get your mind away from it. Yeah. Unless you're someone who really doesn't care about. Instagram and you know the thing is most people at, one, at the start of prep aren't but those last four weeks yeah they need to get dragged down into the you know into I, the, the weeds like I remember during uh, when I worked in Trojan like mm. rest days which was weird because I'd find myself at Trojan chilling with like say if Harry's on uh, <laughs> on on shift and I'm like, do I have nothing else to do that I'm just here? And then I just sit and I'm like, man, I, you know, need, <laughs> need something need else. To, yeah, it's like, this is actually not, not my hobby because I'd go visit them, but I've carried my own food. So I'm like, why, you know, why, why am I here again? <laughs> so that's why I'm thinking it's, it, it's, it's, it can be a hobby for some people, but if you're, if you work in it, if you have sort of an obsessive mindset, yeah. It, it it might again not be the best hobby to adapt because you you're trying to get away from being too strict and do something that makes you relax and then you end up doing the opposite with with your new quote unquote hobby. Yeah, and here's the thing, yeah, you know, like yeah, you've got gaming. You yeah, know, it can be something simple like that. Well, oh yeah, true. Simple, but. So it's completely different where you don't have to go anywhere. Nope. You know, you don't have to go do things, meet people. You know, you, it's just there. You can do it. Yeah, we'll meet online. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, meet online. But yeah. then you can always turn off. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But the point is, you know, there is a need. And I think this is the same with people who are chasing a weight of, you know, fat loss. Being it. You know, you put so much into it, poor everything into it people that are trying to chase a certain uh, fat loss goal yeah that it takes over their life and we, you know so we're like yeah okay I'm trying to lose weight for it could be for a holiday it could be for anything I don't know. try to lose weight for a wedding for instance yeah but outside of you know we have a prep of the wedding you know the whole thing involves around I've got to gym I've got to do this eat this food got to eat that food we forget to have anything else in their life yeah <laughs> yeah, I've seen that many times. Like, oh yeah, no, g- gym's my hobby. Is it? I think I have to remind them. I don't know if it is your hobby. I say to it, it's not something you love doing. You're doing it because you want to reach this goal. Yeah. 
you're not doing it because you love doing it. So it's no. not really your hobby. Yeah. It's it's you, really you need something to do something you love that gives you dopamine that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's always that when I've lost X amount right. of weight, then you know I'll get a hobby or then I'll be confident to do things right. I love and that's you know, yeah. it's it's so easy to get caught up in that and it's truly just enjoying <coughs> those small things every day in life and enjoying enjoying the journey it really it really really is otherwise and i think it is that enjoyment you mm-hmm. know we are creatures that need dopamine yeah right you need to find and it doesn't have to be like a hobby hobby you could be covered two three times a week meeting up with friends to have a coffee yeah or have a you know thing something that just brings you joy yeah. like, walk in nature joy yeah that's what i like doing you know? just Walking yeah, outside. Go for a walk, go for a little yeah. hike, whatever. Something that actually makes you feel when you finish, go, Oh, that was really that was good. that really was really that was needed. That. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It yeah. makes and then that helps you also feel like spiritually rested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain, but mentally when mm-hmm. you've done something that brings you happiness and yeah. joy, you can walk away and go, Oh yeah, I feel great now. Mm-hmm. I feel really good. Yeah, it's the same way people forget like a lot of the like pro athletes, their favorite pro athletes during the off season. Yes, they're training, but they're doing other things. Cause I've seen guys starting to play golf, you know, just swimming, going, well, you know, the gaming. Like, with rugby players. They, yeah, you they get away to, from it. They set training times and yep. days. Outside of that, I don't think they love doing that. Oh, yeah, going eating, there. you know, enjoying all the foods you can during. So, yeah. and people see pro athletes and they're like, you know, you only see the the high the during in season stuff and forget when they're off season. They, you know, they're they're off. They're trying to get back into a nice space to be able to push again because it 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 is work. It's, it's it's and for them, I guess you're talented then it's a hobby and then it becomes work you realize you can make money from it and then it just takes away from okay i used to enjoy doing this every day uh let me look for something else to and that's why i think also athletes look for other sports to yeah mm-hmm. you know you know things they're not good at normally yeah. <laughs> because the problem is when you when something's your profession as well and you did love it and it is the passion you can still love it and do yeah. it but yeah not enjoy doing it yourself like some people still like watching other things um but for instance you know you're under a lot of pressure to perform mm. and that takes away the enjoyment so doing a sport where there's no pressure because you know you're not good at it yeah <laughs> like i know like lots of uh, people play for blackpool yeah here like you know there's, there's two professional football clubs like me fleetwood town well, no it's three fleetwood town blackpool town and wire a lot of the Blackpool players go do things like jujitsu and stuff. Mm. They'll have to be like, oh, you know, totally different. Go a little bit easy, but yeah. it's like something they're not good at, so we train and do it. It's got to be a bit careful with injuries and things. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot, and I see a lot of guys boxing, do boxing training, a lot of being sportsmen because it's another sporting outlet, but it's something they can progress and get enjoyment out of progressing. When you're already you know, playing a professional sport for a lot of people, we're never going to get better than where they're at that point. Yeah, you're, you're it might highest. be like marginally better, yeah. but you find your level quite quickly. Like a really good footballer will be in the Premiership when he's relatively young. Yeah, very few stay in the lower league and suddenly go to the Premiership in, in their late twenties. Yeah, true. You know, 
so you find your level and that's where you're at and you're not no you're not going to necessarily improve vastly what you're doing once you reach a certain age so it's good to do a sport that you can progress yeah. you get enjoyment out of that progressing and seeing new things yeah yeah so andy what's the update on your oh. on your knee <laughs> Well, so I went to see, went to a, a knee specialist, a uh, knee consultant, Mr. Anand. Very good. He, he has a special knee clinic thing. Walk in, go see him. He's looking at reading the scans and stuff. And we chat. And he goes, okay, lay, lay on the bed. So I lay on the bed. He goes, and he's looking at my knee. And can't, he's realising that I can't... He goes, straighten your, uh, your right leg. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's not. It's like about... Six inches higher than my left leg. Oh, jeez. Because I can't. He's got about a 15 degree bend in it always. Yeah. But that's me straight. Um, so he goes, all right, we've got a few concerns here. I want you to go for an x-ray. So he sends me off to do a, weight, a, a load bearing. So, so I've got to stand up and get into various positions. Uh-huh. Take x-rays from all sides, both knees. Um, the, <laughs> it's quite funny. The radiologist is looking at the x-rays as he said, and then he goes... So I assume your right knee's your worst knee. I go, yeah, knee were good, but he goes, yeah, it's horrible. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Oh, cheers. Yeah. And then <laughs> he sends it to consultant, and I'm sitting outside the consultant room, and he calls me back in and goes, he goes, right. He goes, first thing is, I'm a major even able to walk into my office today. Wow. You're actually walking. Um, your knee, your right knee's so bad. <laughs> he goes. He goes he hasn't seen such a bad knee for years. <laughs> like, as in, and he's never seen one in Tom this show. I was like, brilliant. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he popped me back up on the bed. We play around the field. And I was like, he's humming and ahhing. He goes, he goes, it needs to be changed. Both your knees need replacing. I said, I know this bit. Yeah. yeah. He goes, and then he's like, but he goes, and then you can see him, like, really thinking about my age. Going, he keeps saying I'm 42. I'm like, well, I'm 43 now. But it's like, um, he's going, he goes, he goes what I'm, I'm, he, his thoughts were, what he wants to do is put, inject my knees with steroids, mm. core steroids. Yeah. And give himself six more months of walking around and reduce pain. I said, yeah. But I was like, dark and early. I think that's just putting a band-aid on yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not going to improve anything. Like, yeah. if you saw the X-ray, back of my knee, if you push the back of my knee, it's got loads of little heart bits in. Mm. I wasn't sure what they were until I saw the X-ray. That is new bone growing, arthritic bone. It's all bubbled out the back of my knee. Oh, Jesus. It's horrendous. Right. It's like I've got two knee joints. The body decided to take matters um, into its own hands. Yeah, so <laughs> it just grows like arthritic bone. I've got no cartilage. Yeah, yeah. Now. It's all bone on bone. Um, and loads of bits and pieces in there. Now, that's not going to change. All the cause steroid to do is reduce the swelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, which help reduce the pain. Um, but the pain's never been my issue. I can suck up a bit of pain. Like I fell down the stairs the other day because oh, my knee up. But luckily I've got a low-hanging beam on my stairs, so I was able to put my hands up and stop good, myself completely. Good thing you're trained. <laughs> well, I think well, that yeah. is truly testament to it your is. training that you, yeah. you can't, you're still walking. Well, that's the point. Yeah. It's like even legs, and I'm still using EMS, maybe electrical, because yeah. I can't retrain legs hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I do is, I, I train like, for instance, about an hour yesterday on the EMS, just laying in bed, and 
you know, extensions and yeah. muscles. Yeah, muscles around my knee keeping them, you know, active. So yeah, because they are like my right knee has actually uh, my right, right quad sweeps atrophied in uh, right leg, mm. but it's looking better. So you know, after doing an hour of that yesterday, pumps itself back up. Mm. Um, but that's the point. As I said, you know, said to him, I don't think. So this is what I think the plan should be, and I had a discussion. I called the secretary up yesterday, Friday, but she wasn't working, so I left a message. So I'll call her again tomorrow to make sure. Is do because he told me go away, think about it. it gave me some info packs, but I don't really need to think about it. Yeah, I think I'm going no. to the full replacement on the right knee now, yeah. rather than both at the same time. Although the left one needs doing. Like where my bar barometer for pain is, that's not even on there. It's like yeah, you know, the right knee takes up most. Sometimes mm-hmm. it hurts my left thing. Yeah. So what I'm say- going to say is, give that one the steroid injections. Yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can do another year or two without. It's got a five year head start on the other knee, so oh, okay. the, yeah, the injuries in the other one was like five years before. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I probably got couple of years I can do on that one because he was saying oh but you're gonna have to do revision surgery and my view was well yeah I'd rather do revision surgery yeah. in the 60s than do them in the 70s yeah I'm still <laughs> gonna have revision surgery at some point if I'm still active true you know the fact is you know I now I can have a quality better quality of life yep and then I won't be too old to have a revision Exactly, surgery. yeah. No, no, yeah, it, it, it yeah. absolutely makes sense to do it now when you're, you'll recover better. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, it'll give you su- such better quality of life now. And I think it's more important, you know, when... No, when I'm not planning on living till 100 anyway. Yeah, you wouldn't you think know, about the revision. I, I, plan, I plan on, a, you know, ending up about 80. Yeah. That's your goal there. Based off time, based off time off air. Go, yeah. yeah. So one one revision in the sixties could last me then through to another twenty thirty years. Not like I'm gonna be running around in my late late seventies. Yeah, squatting hundred kilos and yeah. Yeah, exactly. So my view is to have, you know, so my you know obviously the left knee doesn't have any like it's bone on bone, but. And there is arthritis set, but it's not even close it's to the same right knee. So banging some steroid injections into that one, that give me a bit of time. Then do the knee replacement on the right knee. He might say that if I'm doing it, I'm just going to do them both, which is fine. It's just a bigger recovery because I'm yeah. going to be in a wheelchair and I can't get about. Yeah, but like um, Professor X. But- you, but yeah. you, but you heal. It's one, one That's and thing. done. Yeah, yeah, heal up and, one and fine. Yeah. yeah, you can get jacked up a body in the meantime. Oh yeah, just... well, that's the thing. If I waddle into a gym with my braces on, I'll be fine. Up a like, yeah. body every day. Well, that's that's good. Like either way, either way, it'll be a win-win. If you get them both done, great. If you yeah. you've got options, if if it's yeah. right knee and then the left knee's pumped full of steroids, awesome. I guess the good thing about getting them both done, even um. If you do the revision again, it's you know same time. Do both at the same time. Yeah. Well, that is the thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's yeah, and I can use the EMS on the muscles. Yeah. Even when, even when um, you know, obviously it's gonna be some tendons, so I'll probably have to give it a couple of weeks. But, but the, the annoying yeah. thing is you can't drive for six weeks. 
Yeah. You just have because to let people look after you. Yeah. You're in a, a cricket brace which holds mm. your knee at a slight yeah. angle, but relatively straight. Um, yeah, and you... because you have both done, it means pretty much. You can, yeah, do them both. I guess also if you, I'm thinking therapy, you know, you're doing them all at the same time. Yeah, I, but I do think there's a benefit to having one done at a time in the sense that mm. You know what I'm saying, you know, with a neuromuscular, uh, neuromuscular pathway. Yeah, you can. If I train the other knee still, yeah. it'll help that one come back sooner. Yeah, and then you Unlike do the if same. they were both injured. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a tricky one, you know, because the thing I try to explain to people, like, you are literally having the tip of your femur cut off. Yep. And the top of your tip and fib cut off. Yeah, I know, it's yep. huge. The with bits. With, yeah. So yeah. that... But bone heals quite nicely, you know, that's six to eight weeks. The main thing is as long as they don't have to attach muscle, like disconnect any ligaments. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That is, if they can leave those intact, then recovery is not too bad. You're looking at bone recovery. There's obviously swelling and issues yeah. there and a different move, slightly different movement pattern. Mm. But after six weeks once that bone's healed up fully yeah you know, that's the thing i don't know if i'm allowed to wait there for the first six weeks because I, it is about it yeah mm. it's you know you've cut off a bit of bone and they've you know glued on essentially a bit of plastic yeah might be what for the bone might be worth hobbling on one rather than being you know, well, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm in a wheelchair sliding around on the yeah. path to get up yeah. and down the stairs, yeah. which I'm okay with. Yeah. It's just a harder yeah. Yeah, yeah. mode, you know, yeah. um, for recovery. Yeah. But at least they both be done. Like, yeah. Recovery's yeah. a lot harder, but you're doing it once. Yeah. Yeah. But Unlike would, a slightly yeah. easier recovery, but doing it twice. So would that be a really long operation if they do both oh, yeah that's the you thing. know no you, oh. the way it's reading about how we do two is they have two consultants oh, right? oh like, yeah okay one on each knee all right well that's so same same time same time awesome and yeah if yeah. if if you go ahead is that still for next month no uh, it? it's whenever you can fill it it, it uh. depends on one or two you see ah uh. Because with two, you're going to have to find time when you can get two consultants. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a gap at the same time. So that's the only thing. But reading about it, they talk about doing it with uh, a... What's what's the painkiller called um, that you have when you're in labour without what goes into your spine? Epidural. Oh, okay. You can do it with an epidural where we just dead your legs. Yeah. I was like, no, no. no, Yeah, I don't want to hear my bone. Wait, so you... I'm all out. You watch? Yeah. No. So, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You are knocking me out. I want to go to sleep. I want to wake up and it'll be done. I don't Uh, want any of this feeling pressure, so I'm pressing on me. Or hearing your bone being sore. Or hearing the doctor go, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oops, wrong move. You can't move. I'll be like, bastard. Oh, man. Wow. But, like, I know, like, when my, you know, my... One of my best mates, Baxter in Australia, he, um, when he had his ACL repair, but he nicked a nerve. There's a nerve in your knee. Oh, it's really easy to catch. And he lost use of his foot for years. Eventually, the nerve grew back. But he literally, you know, his foot was all like, he had to oh, wear wow. a brace for, for ages. Um, eventually, it grew back. But So that's a, always a worry because I was speaking to the 
they said the scope physio I spoke to the other week and he was saying it's, it's easy to do because it's yeah. so near so that's the only thing you've got to be careful of there is obviously pros and cons to surgery anyway but as yeah. Doc said I need I need the surgery so yep. that's why I can't work out what's there's no real benefit I've had courts caught steroid injections before they lasted me about two months for nothing so it's like what's the point it's not stopping yeah anything you know my knees still got arthritis my arthritis will still be getting worse to a lesser degree because of steroids because of swelling but no i think definitely like you say that's just a band-aid and if you yeah. had you know other stuff going on that you had to you know, life stuff that you just had to do now, but I think you've been preparing for this for a while, yeah. so it's like yeah. Well, this is yeah. the thing. I'm only, as I said to the doctor, I've been like pushing it and pushing it for five years. Now it's to yeah. the point where it needs, yeah, what it needs doing because yeah. it can't it can't get worse. Like as in, yeah. <laughs> it could get worse, but the fact is, I'm already you know struggling to you know some days walk, mm-hmm. some days some days I can't, you know falling on the stairs I yeah, can't really nice. you know I'd rather just have a knee yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and I, mentally I guess you're also prepared you know with the but timeline they I mean, gave one you thing, when I talk about it people go oh I'm so sorry I say, oh don't be sorry it's like all that's happened with me is I've squeezed 70 years of exercise into four years. <laughs> so don't, don't, you know, yeah. I've had a great time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, no I actually probably wouldn't change it, you know. Yeah. There's a few things I might do different to avoid a couple of injuries early on, which would probably made it worse, but the fact is, I was happy with my lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, To me, for the life I've had, it's, it's been worth it. You know, there's a little bit of discomfort now and, you know, an operation is well worth it so it's a case of suck it up you don't get anything free in this life mm-hmm. you, you really don't and I think Leon's just saying like just being mentally prepared for it is so important and I think also for you like no regrets like you've enjoyed it up yeah. to this point and it's amazing that we have these you know surgeries yes, that you yeah. can do now and you know a bit of maybe in 20 years it'll be even better it, yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. there'll be some kind of I don't know You'll be called in for a new, you know, robotic stem or stem cell, whatever. Yeah, nano nanotechnology. Yeah, you never know with the way tech is going, and and you'll you know go back and never need a revision. Who knows? Yeah, that that would be great if if you didn't have to do that. But I no, I I think I would do exactly what you were doing. Like get it, get it done now, and you've yeah. Again, you've prepared. But it's not like yeah. the doctor's sprung you a surprise. You want to be healthy and young enough for the revision. I'm like, the point is, I'm going to be a relatively healthy 60-year-old if I get the knee done now. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's the thing. Is I'll be able to exercise. He goes, problem is he goes, you're also very active still, so probably only going to last 15 years versus, uh, well, you know, 20, 25, because you're an active person. That's his thoughts. It's like, but I'm not going to be any less active in two years yep. the only thing I'm going to be less active is now because yeah, you can't, you can't, can't be much yeah. but, you know yeah. the fact is as soon as my knee's done I'll still be the same it's only going to yeah. be like a year or you know not even necessarily a year six months to a year yeah you know, he thinks six months extra is a, a real benefit I don't see mm-hmm. how so well I think just... it's I think maybe I'm just making this up but so many doctors specialists are just not used to working with people who are like really healthy like you young who train 
Well, that's the uh, thing. I think most of his clients are old people. Yeah. Like in the clinic, we're just all old people, yeah. older people. And, um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, and to be fair, I was literally worse than all of them. Because um, most of theirs are just worn over time. Mine's yeah. got a lot of trauma in the knee as well, yeah. and, which hasn't helped. You know, mm. fact is, the discussion always goes down to not having my ACL rebuilt in the knee. Mm. Well, the mm. thing is, I go back to being my own worst enemy because I'm strong. But, you know, my legs are like double the size they are now when I was younger and playing rugby to the point where. The doctor say, "Oh, you got really strong legs. We don't need to do mm. replace that ACL." The problem without the ACL is you get older and your muscle. Yeah, I'm not doing the same. Yeah, you know, type of exercise. There's a bit more movement in the knee that creates a bit more wear and more arthritis. So, you know, it's catch twenty two. You know, I, I could have done that and slowed it down, but I still would have been like this probably in a few, you know, five years, six years. You know, um, but most of these old people, theirs is just wear and tear over. Yeah, 60, 70 years. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I, and I always think it's terrible, though, how technicians are like, they told you, oh, this is terrible. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, thank you so much for I that. Think, I think he thought, yeah, he's a relatively young radiologist. <laughs> yeah. and I think he just, yeah, we were just chatting. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, it's horrible. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I actually knew it would be. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my eye was bad enough. Yeah. yeah. But, the MRI doesn't show the bone deformity. Mm, yeah, that's really uh, interesting. Difference. Yeah, no, because if you ever see someone with arthritic hands and their fingers all weld together and get big, yeah. basically the bone just does its own thing after a while. That's mm-hmm. basically what's happening. Wow. That's why I got weird hard bits. I was always wondering what they were. Yeah. Oh, I hard lump there. I couldn't work out if it was a bit of like cartilage. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah. bone. Bone, wow. Crazy. Just a bit of bone, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. spare. Extra bone. Yeah. Just get the need of extra. <laughs> well, I really, I really hope that you, yeah, find someone to do that for you soon. Yeah, it'll be all right, Mr. Nand. You've got his stuff here. You know, Spire, Spire Private Hospital. But yeah, so... But yeah, so I'm sure he said, yeah, hopefully, you know, we get it done within the next three months, depending on openings. Because it's really, like, not being funny, where I live, there's a lot of old people and mm. there's a lot of knee replacements. So, like, you know, it's just about him fitting it into his schedule. Because mine's probably going to be a bigger... Bigger job bigger. there, yeah. So, I mean, in the meantime, like, before the op, will you get the, the, the steroid injections? Well, this is what I'm thinking. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, we could just wang in some steroid injections. Anyway. Yeah. And then be on the waiting list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just waiting. <laughs> it's not... It's, the only thing is, I don't know if they can do the surgery if those... Oh, course, they're okay. still active. Yeah. So, depending... If he suddenly says, oh, I've got a slot opening up in the next two, three weeks... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would still be active in the system, which would then affect mm, the healing sure. after. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Tricky. Tricky, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really hope that that, that comes through. Um, and that is... I guess that's the, the benefit of going private, is that you won't be on the wait well, list for years. Well, I'm not actually private. It's oh. quite interesting. I'm on the NHS, but... Because of of waiting this and where I live in the country, yeah. there's some private hospitals, knee specialists, that will take NHS patients on. Oh. So nice. oh, it's nice. a private hospital, yeah. private, but the NHS are covering it. Oh, amazing. So, 
That's nice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Because, I mean, I is that... Thing, yeah. I, I'm assuming that would be quite an expensive operation yeah, to do. Yeah, it's about £6,000, I think. Oh, wow. If you go pro- Ah! Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, say no more. Jeez, that's, that's crazy. That's, Hence why I've got to wait probably for a window to open up. Yeah, for it go. to come. Well, that I think that's that's <laughs> that's worth it then. Wow. Oh my gosh. Gosh, knees are no joke. Well, I guess anything private is it is expensive. Um, yeah, and... but even if it's not, even if you look at cheaper, like three thousand stills, like man. <laughs> Like yeah, look, to be fair, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, like four thousand pounds, like the cheapest ever sort of thing. But yeah. when you got to get do two, yeah, that's you know, <laughs> that's a yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's but minus. Wait, fingers. The problem is, it's not like you're in and out. It's not day surgery. No, I mean, it's I'm, I'm going to be serious. in for the week. Yeah, the rest of the week. Yeah, going home. So that's minus physio. That's yeah. just the. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it would include physio for that six grand. Maybe we do. Like within their hospital, probably. Yeah, I guess depending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Physio. Maybe physio. Maybe, maybe four thousand is without. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Still, it's. Uh, it's yeah. yeah, it's no. quite it's not cheap. It, um, just very randomly before we finish up. So. We went to, Nairobi Hospital that will be our backup hospital, if the yeah. home birth doesn't come through, and maybe. um, maybe. And like we were looking through their packages and included was like one physiotherapy session after birth. And last last week I went to see Sarah, the pelvic health physio, yeah. and she said they are the first hospital to do and it's a pelvic health assessment. I was like, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing. There's no one else who... No, no. I was like, wow, that's... Well, you know, and that's included in their package. I was like... That is really good. It big, is, because nowhere else... I mean, France do it, um, but I don't think there's anywhere else. So I thought, wow, yeah. go go, go Nairobi Hospital. Oh. I just assumed yeah. it was like a normal physiotherapy Same. session. I was like, oh, phys- that's nice. Yeah, we're like, oh, um, cool. But she was like, no, that's... She, you know, she, she trained with them... Oh, nice. With that physio, so... It was really, oh, good. it was really interesting. So, uh, well, I mean that, it was quite fun seeing Sarah, because she was, um, she was showing me how to do perineal massage. And so I was telling Leon, I'm like, so you're, so you're, so you're, so you're, Leon down. I was like, you ready, yeah. you ready to uh, help I'm me? Like, uh, she, you can come, like the partner can come to your session and she'll show you okay. to I'll cook all the meals, I'll clean, you know. <laughs> Get, take care of the pups. I'll massage the shoulders on and off. Yeah, um, you're lucky. I have actually quite long arms, so I'm alright. Uh, uh, yeah, as long as the pup doesn't keep going. I'm like no more. Yeah, we are. No more. You're not going to see the physio again. So <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> no, but you like in the UK, uh, you can get uh, like special equipment. Equipment, that's such a bad word, but you get (laughs) (laughs) say special kit, special kit. I don't know what to call them. Massager, yeah. Well, yeah, Uh, I mean, they do look like vibrators, some of the things, but um, it was, it was, it was really great. Like, I think it's, um, it's, it's an important thing for many women to be aware of, it is, and 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 do. I think it's, it's one of those things where. Especially if you're gonna have a big baby, you know, the last thing you want is any sort of tearing, is it? You know? Yeah, and it and it, yeah. it really it really can help, and it's you know as much as we, as we laugh about it, it's um, yeah, you know it, it 
it's it's a really useful thing to go and and see a, a physio for. Um, it is a thing. I, I think about this often about the human body. I mean, the human body is amazing, but there's also some design flaws. <laughs> I always think teeth are design flaws, but the, the closeness of you know the vagina to the anus is a design flaw, yeah. isn't it? You know, that bit quite narrow. It's like you know, especially on some women, it's, it's, it's thinner than others. Yeah. It's like, yeah. No, that's just a design flaw. Not, not, you know. Something yeah. did not evolve right there. My guess oh. is, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. the whole, I find the whole sort of process of, you know, how long we, we gestate the baby for, right, really interesting mm-hmm. and all the different sort of theories behind that. And it's yeah. all, you know, how can you compromise being bipedal? So walking on two legs with having a pelvis big enough and like fitting in all your organs there. Well, and it's, yeah. it's, it's really interesting, but, um, well, that's the thing. It's like, obviously babies now, you know, the cranium's bigger, they, you know, through evolution, like you yeah. know, the human head got bigger at birth. Yeah. Now, but women's pelvises haven't changed vastly. <laughs> yeah. No. So I mean, they've, rate, you know. yeah. they've kind of debunked that one to an extent. Yeah. Um, but that's also where the placenta is interesting because the, my, my friend who I saw yesterday, she, you know, cause you can ask to keep your placenta. That, that's a different yeah. story, but she was looking at yeah, it. I make capsules was, out of it. Yeah. You can yeah. make capsules out of it. Oh, but it often like after 42 weeks, it starts to calcify. Um, and yeah, and you see, you see that. So yeah. I'll tell you what, I've looked at a placenta yeah. and I was chopping it up to put it into a dryer, into dehydrator and dry it and put it into capsules and put it in the freezer. <laughs> you will see some level of, you know, you have to cut out like the calcification bits. Yeah. There's bits of, you know, it's, it's really weird. It's very fibrousy. Yeah. It's an amazing thing to look at, actually. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm it's a bit my... like a liver. Yeah. But it's a lot of fiber. That's so interesting. It's really strange because it looks like it should move, but it, it doesn't. Like it's, yeah. it's got that sort of texture. It looks like it's almost like it could crawl you know, start moving away. Yeah, pulsate or yeah. move. Yeah, and you're like weird. But... It's it's such an incredible organ. The more you read, and you've got two it. sides. You flip it over, and it's like very busy sides and yeah. it's all smooth sides it's very interesting so cool no I'm definitely going to keep mine I don't want I don't want to bake it into capsules but I want to I want to have a good look at it um, yeah, give, it, give it a good burial yeah you know. <laughs> let me go um, see if it helps with either bodybuilding or test and then we'll decide if we <laughs> if be I, fair for B12 that's why I'm what, saying you want to eat my placenta um, <laughs> you know but as long as it helps you in anything bodybuilding cannibalism because you, I think it's, it's okay to eat your own placenta oh, yeah, I think half. when someone else does that's cannibalism <laughs> I think you gotta <laughs> we'll call it new research <laughs> you won't give me perineal massage but you want to eat my placenta would this you is try worrying. if Will you be on the colostrum breast milk though? The early breast milk with all that colostrum. Well, growth? I am going to harvest it. Is, did you? We'll you want it? So yeah. with when when Kyra was Maybe born, Rhea was a hyperlactator. Yeah. yeah. So she like honestly she was in agony. Um, we you know we had to go get an extra breast pump and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, like, she had to be milked. You know, <laughs> like, honestly, that's I said. Yeah. In the shower, warm shower, yeah. because it was so big oh, and swollen. Wow. But she was producing so much. Energy, yeah. It was almost too much for the baby. It would come out, hose the baby. Yeah, but it was I... coming out with too much pressure. Yeah. yeah. So pump loads. We gave loads to orphanages, like Amazing. especially at Colostrum. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So like, 
it is, it's, then there's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because once you start pumping, it doesn't reduce it. Yeah, you're still breastfeeding class. So it was a case of once you start, you've got to keep pumping. And uh, but that early costume, we had bags of it, like breast milk at one point. Our freezer was just full of these breast milk bags. Did you partake? It's big. Uh... No, I had a taste. Yeah. There's, you know, yeah. What does it taste like? like? Well, it's just sweet. It's like just um, sweet. Okay. You know, like condensed milk, like especially the early stuff. Ooh, you know, like yum. condensed milk yeah. about thickness. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, nice. it's a bit like that, but it's really sweet. Like it, you know, what's it evaporate milk? Well, one you use in desserts. <laughs> okay, because like yeah. you can start at thirty-seven weeks to harvest the colostrum in like little syringes to to take to the well, even wherever you're going to give birth, in case yeah. you know you for some reason the baby well, the stress, the stress of birth can actually yeah. stop it. So I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. So it'd be interesting. And I mean, it, it, breast milk is amazing anyway, and colostrum even more. Like if you know you can put it on rashes or you know if you've got cracked nipples, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Thing. So please do that, and I don't want you to eat my placenta. Just make sure, just massage, <laughs> massage your milk. Like I remember, we had some milk ducts in our armpit was swelled up and she yeah. started getting milk come out through pores oh wow that was a lot because, of milk, so yeah. and you have to massage those because yeah. those go harder we can get infected quite easily yeah. not oh. all your breasts um not all your milk ducts are in your breasts yeah sometimes. no they yeah. do go into the, the armpit a bit so you've got to, mm. got to <clears throat> make sure those ones are Oh, wow. you know, before, yeah, before you know, you'll notice it even before you give birth. You might, yeah. but you know, as you get towards the yeah. yeah, no, I do actually. On my right, I have, uh, I can, I can already feel like some are quite painful. <laughs> Those ones uh, get the ones to get blocked up. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Mm. Well, I think that's a good place for us to end. That was a very interesting discussion. Yeah. Okay. What was size as a baby this week? I'm always interested. Oh yeah. Where we at? Well, she's she's a big girl. She's she was two kilos yeah. at the last. Uh, that's the same. Yeah. Leon was four four kilos when he was born, but I'm 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 thinking she'll be like a three a, a three and a half kilo baby. This is my prediction. Well, like a, I'm so calling it uh, three point uh, eight six six pound seven pound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same. No so name. even more reason to do perineal massage, please. She was a she was a piglet. She was the size of a piglet. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, yeah. Still the same. Yeah, size of a piglet. Um, that's pretty it's, big. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean the. <laughs> like, it's yeah. Like she, piglet, it's like my it's around my belly button is almost forty-one inches now. Yeah, I was say your your bum looks big. She, like, she so yeah, it's big. It's relatively. In how many weeks do you still got? Uh, well, I mean, so it's thirty-three weeks. So I mean, she could come at thirty-eight. She could come. Yeah, or exactly from thirty-eight onwards. Yeah, so, it's. Yeah. I mean, both my brother and I were late. Well, late, we're actually on time. Um, so yeah, it could, it's it's crazy just to think that yeah, three point eight kilo baby. It's <laughs> yeah, I'm the movements it. the movements are different now. Um, it's not so much like those kicks. It's Dinju, just like doing jujitsu. that rolling around. Yeah, girl. yeah. Which it's feels major jujitsu. Leon's like it just feels like an alien if you get like a you know normally. You see like an elbow or yeah. foot it's like a, across your stomach like a ripple. Yeah. Because you feel it and it just passes and it's like someone's done a you know like a soft bump and then <laughs> it it's it's like okay there's an actual human in there doing things and yeah it's uh, it's it's crazy it's well, yeah we've got an appointment this coming saturday where she'll do the the stress test on the baby just need to be you just you, i mean you're just hooked up to a monitor and they just 
see your uterine contractions and keep waking, waking the baby's heart rate. Um, yeah. And then, then we'll meet with a midwife next week. So it's all, it's all, it's all moving. It's all I moving know. along. It goes quick, doesn't it? it, it these, quick. I find like these, yeah, right, like right now it's, it's so quick. These last few weeks, yeah. these last like whatever, six, yeah. six plus weeks or whatever, they're just going to go quick. And, um, well, I also saw our neighbour who had two home births with a home wife, that, home wife, home birth wife that I'll midwife. be with, and she midwife, sorry, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. And uh, she was just saying like, because she brings her own birth pool, and she was like, it's really nice. Yeah. So it's, it's, well, it's a thing. Like yeah. birth pools are great. Yeah. Depends what you know. I know with you know, she was in it and then she was out and then forgot to get mm. back in it because most of the time she's just pacing around. Yeah. Like it's having the freedom to move around. Like being at home, you probably get a bit more relaxed. Yeah. Because as we said, we planned the home birth. Then mm. obviously, yeah. well, placenta's not working, so we had to go to plan B. But happy with plan B, yeah. it worked out. Yeah. When, when did her placenta stop working? Well, so she went into preterm labour at 32 weeks. Yeah. But the doctor stopped it with some steroids. Yeah. And some Ventolin. Mm. And then... When was it? It was about 34, 36 weeks. We did another check and actually, actually reason preterm labour came on was probably because the centre wasn't, it stopped working mm. effectively. So um, therefore we were like, oh, we're going to take your formal meds. What happened now is you'll give birth straight away. That did not happen. Yeah. Uh, wow. And suddenly, you know, I don't know, because you'd be a slow metabolizer of medicines, maybe, like, maybe still system for people. Yeah. We end up inducing at 38 weeks. Yeah. Try to work it back, because yeah. she's meant to be born in December, early December, like the 10th or something. Yeah. But she was born on the 16th, about a month early. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and so induced, but yeah, like, you know, fighting tiny, you know, but big head. Mm. <laughs> anyway, because obviously yeah. the, the body what it can get out of placenta yeah. goes towards the yeah. organs and the brain so she was fine you yeah. know, kept in hospital for a couple of days to make sure she was alright but yeah. she didn't need to be we were getting ready for the NICU and stuff and we thought she's going to be in intensive yeah. care so but no she came out and she was actually alright and everyone was like oh she's great right. so <laughs> but that's great that's great She's caught up now, but so here's the thing: yeah, we, we do say though a child born with interim growth restriction, like Kaya, IUGR, um, is more prone to obesity in later life and gaining weight. Yeah. Because um, so biologically, where body was kind of born starving, mm-hmm. you know, it uses calories a little bit different. So say we got to look at yeah, you know, she's not yeah, you know, she yeah, you know, so. It but growth-wise, yeah. it catch up quick, but it's just like... Well, there's so much research now on, like, you know, even preconception, like, your health, mm-hmm. your nutrition during pregnancy, things like that, how that affects the baby <laughs> afterwards, you know, like, even just having higher blood sugar, I think yeah. we talked about that, and yeah. just, you know, its effect on, like, autism, things like this, and, yeah, how it... It's not just... Yeah, it's like later on in your child's life where a lot of these genes can then switch on and things like that. So it's yeah. really interesting. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think we will leave it there. I hope everyone enjoys this episode and we will see you in the next one. <laughs>